Welcome to Tax Strategy Digest, where we explore the fascinating world of finance. Join us as we dive into the stories, insights, and experiences of experts, thought leaders, and everyday people who are making a difference in this field. Through engaging conversations and thought-provoking discussions, we'll take a deep dive into the latest research, trends, and innovations shaping finance. So sit back, relax, and get ready to learn something new on this exciting journey with us. Today, our guest is Chris Allman, the founder of Equip Financial Partners. Chris helps business owners do more of what they love by creating an exit strategy that not only builds value in their business, but also helps them convert it to personal wealth. Chris, great to have you. Hey, Paul, thanks, to, thanks for having me. Great to be here. Awesome. And Chris, uh, why don't you tell us a, a little bit about what you do, a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so um, I've got a little bit of an interesting background. Like I started in real estate and was flipping houses right out of college and making great money doing it, but uh, always kind of had that sense of wanting to help people. And so then I went from that working with investors into you know trying to find something else I could do and kind of fell into financial planning and realized from from there that there's so many types of financial planners and there's like so many specializations that I uh, just really enjoyed it and then as I got into it further kind of yeah probably eight years in or so um, really started working with more business owners and just realizing that the the typical you know financial advice is not geared for business owners it's you know driven by investments and you know a lot of business owners don't have investments outside of their their company you know, that is their main investment. So um, really, you know, the last few years are really kind of just dove into that, you know, full, full, uh, full steam ahead and um, decided about a year ago that I was going to, to, you know, really just do this for myself and, and start, you know, kind of trying to change that outcome for owners. And um, that's when I decided to, to firm or that's when I decided to, you know, launched my own firm um, in January of this year. So really excited to to kind of dive into that now. Nice. I love it. And uh, what was the the passion really just behind getting into your own firm? I mean, did you? Uh, yeah. So not easy I to... knew early on that I wanted to run my own business. Like I've had that entrepreneurial spirit since I was a kid. And, you know, for me, the the idea of it is, you know, there's there's a lot of people that get into it just because they love that thing that they're doing, right? They they're very passionate about the job. For me, like I really love business strategy, <laughs> so um, you know, being able to have those impacts and, and lead your business where you want it to go and be able to try things and fail, um, to me, that's got a lot of appeal. It's not for everybody, but you know, if, if you've got owners watching right now. They know exactly what I'm talking about. Like they they enjoy the aspect of of making something that's theirs and just being able to do it the way that they would want to. So yeah, it's kind of a big, big driver for me. Do you have any advice for someone who's watching and they're contemplating starting their own business? Yeah, you know, think about where you want to be. Like where where do you want your business to go? Right. So why are you getting into the business? Because a lot of times what happens is you're really passionate about you know the thing that you're doing. So if it's you know baking, for instance, like you might be the 
the greatest baker, and, I, and I'll steal this from uh, Michael Gerber. He uses this example, and it's a it's a perfect one in his book, The E Myth. But he talks about you know the girl that loves to bake, and it brings back really great memories. She did it with her aunt for a long time, and so she gets into baking and and decides that she wants to run her own bakery, you know, be able to do things and create things her own way, and then gets down into it and realizes she's also the janitor. She's also the bookkeeper. She's also wearing all these other hats. And it's like, at some point, she just wishes she could bake again, right? So start kind of with the end in mind. You know, that's kind of what I do is in the exit strategies, but think about where you want to be. I mean, that's that's really got to, you know, play a part in that so that you have a clear picture of, of what it's going to look like because you don't want to get into it and then realize, you know, a few years down the road, I don't like wearing all those hats and I wish I would have done something different. Got it. And your, now your main goal is helping with exit strategies. When should an owner start with the exit strategy? I know we just talked about how maybe they could start their business. When is it a good time to start looking at exiting their business? Yeah. So one of the, the big issues that I've found with, you know, talking about exit strategies, right? Most of the time, even the industry is kind of, guilty of of putting all of the emphasis on the actual exit like on the sell of your business well a lot of owners don't want to sell their business right like they would rather just go out you know every day and that's where they get recharged that's what fills their batteries they love what they're doing and you know eventually they just kind of want to you know die on the battlefield right like that's that's what gets them going that's what they enjoy but if you're going to do that like don't leave it for your family to clean up, right? Like make sure that you've got other things in place. So when it comes to you know, when should you start planning, really, like I said, start on day one, right? Start looking at, well, at some point I won't be able to do this. And whether that's because of a disability or some kind of disruption, disagreement, divorce, like whatever it may be, like life happens. So if you start looking at your business from that perspective and look at it and say, well, how can I, you know, add value into my business so that at some point it's more transferable, then you're just setting yourself up for success because it's not about selling your business. It's about having a business that can be sold. Right. And so when you start looking at it from that perspective and you think about, you know, the customers that you're working with, the employees that you have, you know, if you're a startup type company and you're looking for, uh, you know, that injection of capital and you're looking for those investors, you know, all of those different people want to know that you have an exit in place. They want to know what the end goal is, right? And a lot of owners I've talked with get worked up about, you know, letting their employees know that, hey, I'm planning my exit because they think, oh no, you know, they're all going to leave. They think that I don't care about the company. But the reality is, is that by explaining it, and telling them why you're having an exit and how it benefits them, you know, you're you're basically giving them security so that they know, okay, there's a plan in place. If something happens to him, here's what happens to the business and us and our jobs. If you're the investor, okay, now we know when we get our money back. Right. You know, so really it's just start as soon as you can and start looking at building value, not just trying to build cash flow. And so what if an owner doesn't want to sell their business, what? Yeah, man. I mean, strategy? I don't want to sell mine. Like I have no yeah. plans right now to, to sell my business and a lot of owners don't. So 
you know, being an owner operator is different than just owning a business. You know, if you're a true just business owner, you own a business that will run itself. You have the oversight and kind of the guidance and you have the vision, the mission for the company and just make sure that it runs. But ultimately, it runs by itself. Now, if you want to continue to work in your business, then that's perfectly fine. Like just hire people that can run the business for you and let you focus on the, the things that you love, right? So if you really just love running the business and like that's what you want to do um, and it's a full-time job, that's perfectly fine. I mean, that's your exit. But at the same time, you can't be putting all of your eggs in that one basket of your business because if you're not going to sell it, you want to have some kind of income or you know wealth when you're finished in order to you know take care of your family right i mean at the end of the day if something happens to you and all of your your eggs are in that one basket then your family you know could really be left with you know nothing so if you're not going to plan on selling your business then hey let, let's put some some other strategies in place so that we can maximize the income that you have now you know, change what you're doing for your retirement. You just need to invest in other things. Um, but that's perfectly fine to continue to work in your business. You know, and at some point, maybe you hire somebody that can be the CEO, the the president of the company and run things and let you just get back to you know, serving the customers that you like. So yeah, uh, I mean, it's, a, it's just another form of exit. Yeah. No, you're I just exiting a role instead of the company. Yeah, yeah. Um, I know we've talked a little bit about this actually in the past. Um, like you, obviously, I talk with a lot of business owners on a day-to-day -day basis, and I don't feel like they're really getting the good advice or, or financial guidance that they need. Uh, and I feel like sometimes you've kind of mentioned the same to me. Do you want to maybe dive into why you think that might be happening? Yeah, well, you know, like I said, when I got into this industry, realizing that, you know, the vast majority of the industry is built or the financial planning, financial advice industry is really just set up to guide people around investments, right? And typically that's the stock market. Sometimes it's, you know, real estate and, and you know, private equity and things like that. But for the most part, it's, you know, the stock market. And, and just a lot of owners, they spend more of their their time in their business and they see the stock market as something that's scary you know they don't have a lot of control over it and you know why would they want to invest in something that they don't have any control over when they can put money in their business you know and potentially get 20 30 50 percent a year returns on what they're putting in you know it just doesn't make sense for them and so unfortunately though when you look at the the financial industry as a whole, because it is investment driven, a lot of times, you know, the owners come in, they're looking for help. It may be just to you know, understand, like, should they refinance their mortgage or, you know, should they, uh, you know, what kind of life insurance do they need? What kind of disability do they need? You know, how can they minimize their taxes this year? Well, if, if the engagements are mostly investment driven, there's not really that incentive for those advisors to you know, take them on as clients because they're not going to get paid, right? If they're not selling a, a product or something of that nature, then there's really not a lot of incentive there. And the same thing is true even for a lot of the fee-only financial planners that I've come across. Uh, I mean, I was one of them. 
you know, if the owner didn't have investments to manage, then yeah, we could do like a one-off kind of financial plan, give them a little bit of guidance, but it wasn't really going to be a great long-term fit. So, you know, now what I'm trying to do is, you know, take it so that the investments don't really have to be a big piece of it, right? You still have all the complexities and probably more than most people. So it's really just about focusing on, you know, the tax strategies, having estate plans in place, making sure that your business has a plan to translate that into your personal wealth. And so, yeah, I think that's really what it is, is just taking the, the focus off of the investments and realizing, hey, like you have a great investment. So. Okay, perfect. No, that, that makes a lot of sense. Um, and kind of on the same topic, when we last spoke, I think it was last week or so, you told me, uh, I thought it was a pretty crazy statistic. It was something like 78% of owners are counting on selling their business um, for their retirement, but yeah. only like a fifth of them. So like 20-ish percent will actually end up selling. Um, and even sometimes they might not get all that they thought for retirement, I assume. Um, yeah. Obviously that has yeah, to no. Yeah. Do you know kind of why that's happening or? Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, um, the thing that I found is that with most owners, it, it just comes down to not having a real plan in place for it. It's like, you're so busy every day, just putting out fires, right? You're, you're constantly addressing customer concerns or management issues or, you know, just market things that are changing. And you're, you're always so busy in the business that you're not really thinking about what's next long-term. And that's why I was saying, like, if you start earlier with kind of having an exit strategy, that's that's you just putting yourself in a position to have a business that's transferable, right? Because you're not just focusing on bringing in income, you're focusing on building value, which is going to increase your sales. It's going to strengthen your relationship with your customers because you're you're focusing on those things, right? Instead of just focusing on on the income or the cash flow, you know, it's really easy to have income in a business. And if you look at like, let's say you have two companies, company A and company B, company A has a million dollars of revenue. Company B has a million dollars of revenue. Let's say they both have the same profit margins, but one has an owner that works four hours a week and the other has an owner that works 80, right? Like, well, which one, if you're a buyer, which one do you want to buy? Well, you want to buy the one with the owner that doesn't have to be there, right? They, they have the same cash flow, same profit margins, but one is sellable and the other's not. And so that's what happens a lot of times as owners, like you love your business and you enjoy what you do, but you're not putting it in a position so that other people would be willing to take it on and, you know, and have that same passion for it that you do. Yeah. You know, it's a lot harder to find, which is why I think, you know, only 20% of them actually do result in a sale. So, you know, and the other thing too, is that, you know, they're counting on that. That's, that's 78%. That's, you know, well over three quarters that are counting on selling their business in order to fund that next stage. And if only 20% actually will, man, there's a, there's a huge problem there, right? Like, where does that leave most owners? And you know, that's why that's why I'm doing what I do, because I want to change the outcome, um, you know, just put people in a position so that they can be successful. 
Nice. And would you mind maybe walk through like, uh, and it doesn't have to be a step-by-step, but like a 30,000 foot overview of kind of the steps you take with a business owner if they reach out to you and how you might get them from, hey, I have no plan whatsoever for selling my business to just like a brief, hey, this is how you're going to do it. This is what the plan looks like. Something like yeah, that. Yeah, so there's really there's really three main kind of stages, if you will, right? Okay. So the first stage is just to, you know, identify where you're at right now. And so part of that is determining, is my business ready? Like, does it have the things in place that you need to have? Like, do you have KPIs that are tracking things that are important to your business or your industry, right? Like your profit margins, and there's, there's plenty of KPIs, but, you know, where are you at like do you look ready from a buyer's perspective then you know is your business attractive (laughs) does it have the things that they're looking for does it do you have something special that not everyone else has that makes your business worth pursuing um then at the same time this is where where i do most of my work is is helping you know owners understand what do they need personally Right. So how much wealth do you need, not just to live on right now, but to live on in the future? You know, if something happens to you or if you get to the point where, hey, you know, you're ready to focus more on doing what you love. So you exit the role. It doesn't mean you have to sell your business. You just exit out of that CEO role, maybe. And you get back into a you know, sales role or something where you're dealing with customers. But that's going to drop your pay. Right. So you still have to know what you know, what level of income you need. So it's really just about identifying kind of what your walk away number is and whether that's walking away from the role or walking away completely, it doesn't really matter. You just need to be able to know where you're at. So that's kind of stage one is just identify where you're at and where the business is, how much is your business worth? You don't have to have it perfect, you know, but just kind of get that range of multiples to know, you know, in our industry, let's say they typically go from, you know, four to eight times revenue. Just to make it simple, there's all it gets far more complicated, but let's just say that's it. Well, where do you fall on that scale? You know, are you best in class where you're going to get eight times the revenue, or are you going to get, you know, one, <laughs> right? So, just knowing where you're at, it helps you see. Okay, I've got work I need to do, and if I do that work now, instead of my business being worth, you know, like two million, now it's worth fifteen, <laughs> right? just because you're doing the the work that needs to be done. So that's that first stage. The next stage is is really just to identify what you need to do, right? It's kind of putting that plan in place, getting your personal financial plan done, making sure that you're protecting your assets, your wealth, your family, your income, making sure you have life insurance and disability, making sure that you've got an estate plan that takes care of the business, if something happens to to you, you know, it's also on the business side, it's making sure you've got disability um, for your key employees and you have key employee insurance, all that kind of stuff. You know, it's yeah. just really about protecting it and putting a plan in place to grow. Right. And then, you know, if you're doing that every 90 days, you just kind of reassess like, Hey, am I, am I ready to exit? And it's not that you are, I mean, you're probably not going to be, you know, every 90 days. Well, no, but you're just making sure that you're still on track. If you still love it, you keep growing. And eventually you're going to get to that point where you say, okay, I'm starting to get tired. And I'll tell you more times than not, um, the owner has the sense of being ready to leave before the business 
is actually ready to be left. You know, it's not in the right shape that it needs to be in. So again, if you start sooner, your business is going to be closer to being ready. But, um, but you know, just having that plan, reassessing it, and then you get to that third stage, which is where you make that decision to exit, whether that's exiting that role or your business. Um, and that's where you really kind of dive in and, and understand, well, what are my exit options? Yeah, maybe you want to sell to a third party and it, um, somebody that's wanting to come in and run it, you know, be that hands-on person, or maybe it's a strategic buyer, somebody that, you know, you've got that, that intellectual property or just that, you know, that right. it factor that they need and they can translate it into theirs. So that's kind of like that high level view. You understand what your options are. And then that's when you, you know, you put together that plan to turn your business into wealth. Nice. Okay. Um, a little, not off topic, but uh, kind of segueing just a little bit. I usually like to ask this as we start to wrap up, just because yeah. I want people watching to learn a little bit more about you and um, and why you do this. So what what's your why? Yeah, that's a great question. And, you know, I, I've asked myself that many times and have done a lot of soul searching on it. But at the end of the day, it just comes down to seeing people be successful, right? I mean, I feel like people will make good choices if they have the right, um, the right information, right? When you're lacking information, it's really hard to make a good choice. And so, I mean, I looked at my granddad, he had a, a very successful company, did really well, got to a point where he couldn't physically do things anymore and because he was that guy that was just always in the business and running it and doing things you know, he ended up basically closing down and didn't have anything to show for you know and it and if he would have just started putting other people in place you know making sure that he had systems and processes and all that fun stuff <laughs> that you know he could have had something there uh, to show for and so that, that's really what I want to do I just want to change the outcome because if the, the statistics being the way that they are I mean, 78% are counting on it and only 20% are going to sell. I mean, somebody has got to do something and that's, uh, that's why I wake up every day and, and, um, you know, really just try to provide as much information and value as I can. I love it. You're, you're the guy who's doing something for the, for trying, that, man. <laughs> I love it. Well, um, Chris, I really appreciate your time as, and as we wrap up here, um, of course, I'll put a link to your, uh, LinkedIn, your website. Uh, all down below the video, but um, if someone's listening and they want to reach out to you just to learn a little bit more about what you do, uh, what's the best way? Yeah, so I mean, I'm always open to connecting on LinkedIn. That's probably where I'm the most active. And if you, you know, you've got that link in, in the description, that'll be great. Um, but otherwise, I mean, I'm happy for someone to call, you know, and and I'll give you the number. It's 251-373-8363. So you know, I'm always open to having conversations. I, I usually answer the phone, even when it's the telemarketers, but, uh, <laughs> you know, sometimes that shoots me in the foot, but, uh, at the end of the day, I love making new connections and just helping people where I can, whether we work together or not. So awesome. yeah, it's probably the two best ways. Sweet. Well, Chris, I really appreciate your time and, uh, hopefully people got a lot out of this. I know I did. And, uh, we'll talk again soon. Awesome, man. Hey, I appreciate it, Paul. Thanks for having me. Of course.